Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, so we have Howie Carr in this week. He's on uh, RKO, still obviously all over New England. He's in the uh, Radio Hall of Fame, which I think I'm not in yet. And to my knowledge, I will be soon, I would have to think. Uh, he's written the Brothers Bulge. We all, we all know fucking, I'm going to give Howie's bio to you people. If you've been around here, you know Howie Carr is. <laughs> uh, I know, Ben, you know him. I know uh, him. I like the guy. Yeah, me too. I've never really, I don't know him that well. I've never really had a problem with Howie. And his book is, you're going to like this book. His book is wild. Kennedy Babylon. Uh, volume one, a century of scandal and depravity. How we will promote it enough uh, in the interview. I won't do that for him. I will say that, you know, I was somewhat skeptical going into the book, but it is a fucking blast. If you want to read about the Kennedys, wild, gossipy, insane stuff, I'm telling you, you, you cannot go wrong with this book. It is, it is a lot of fun. Well, this is the perfect kind of book that Howie can write, too, because oh, he's, he can get all this information. Nobody else could write this book. That's a good point. Nobody else can write a book like this. And, and how, how could you not enjoy reading about sex scandals? There's, Everyone loves reading about sex scandals. Uh, yes, and there are plenty of them, and there's drugs, and there's murder, and there's death, and there's Marilyn Monroe, and there's JFK. I mean, the, the whole thing. The whole thing is crazy. The Ted Kennedy stuff is my favorite part of it. But how he came in, we talked about we talked a little bit about the state of radio and newspapers. Did a lot in the book. I think we bounced around. I don't know how long the conversation went, Ben. About forty five minutes. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Do you think we'll ever see a movie that kind of Too goes tough. at the Kennedys in this way? Well, here's the problem. Next year, honest. next year, this Chappaquiddick movie is coming out, and it's like, and how he talks about it in the book is it's like sort of like almost like a favorable Ted Kennedy version of Chappaquiddick, which seems kind of crazy, but. That's what he talks about in this book. There's this halo effect still around the Kennedys, which is insane. When you look at the truth in books like this and other stuff I've read, they are nothing like people want them to be. It's weird. So, no. And I don't think you could do it in two hours or three hours either. It would have to be – like I said today, we're talking about – shit. Black Mass. No, no, no. That was in the podcast. In the, oh. On the air today, we're talking about something. And I said it would be a great FX miniseries like OJ. Oh, Aaron Hernandez would be oh, a yeah, great yeah. six or seven part, you know, whether it's – we imagine Belichick and Kraft and – all that shit that goes on in that this would be a great the Kennedys if they did it right would be a great you know eight part FX series you know you could do that that you could do two hours would be tough yeah the people you need to talk to is actually and I know some of them some of the doormen at Cure the nightclub oh I'm sure they have good stories uh, but they they feel like they can't say anything well that's the other thing is distance too like now you can do it with the Kennedys because everybody's talked or they're dead <laughs> they're like dead. if you wait ten or fifteen years with Aaron Hernandez when people start you know getting away from it, and they know Hernandez is not ever going to get out, and they know he's not, the people he, you know, would use are also out of the picture. People start talking, I think. Oh, no, we've never seen that. the Ray Carruth story. That's true. That's true, too. But yeah, this is excellent. Howie did a great job. The book, again, I can't promote enough. Kennedy Babylon, definitely worth picking up. It is Howie Carr on Enough About Me.
All right, the Books Kennedy Babylon, as we said in the intro, Howie Carr is here. Howie Carr is a fellow. Uh, is Intercom Hater strong or no? I, I get along. I get along with everybody. You know, oh, my, I have the same motto as Al Capone. You know, we don't want any trouble. Well, that's my I, new you, motto. You, that's what I'm saying. It's not your old motto. Uh, no. No. But you're a different man now. You're a changed man. I'm, I'm again, I'm just trying to get along. <laughs> are, you, are you enjoying your second run at uh, RKO? Yeah, I'm having I'm having fun. I have my own studio. I'm a uh, I'm a free agent. Yeah, where do you I'm broadcast in, out in, of? I broadcast out of Needham. How right many stations do you on? I'm on about 28, 29, depending on how you count translators. And it was obviously November was gold for you. If Hillary wins, I know you can have fun going after Hillary, but having Trump win is a oh for, yeah for, every, for everyone is. Oh, I mean, look at the look at the January numbers. I mean, I saw uh, them. Yeah, you know, I mean, usually uh, the talk stations, news stations take a dive. In, right. Uh, you know, after a presidential election, this time they went up. And you're a Mar-a-Lago member and friend of Trump and everything? Right. I was down there last uh, so Thursday you, night. I dropped off a copy of the book for him. I hope he got it. What I do, hope he got it. What do you do? There's no golf there, right? No, the golf is over on the other so, side so of the bridge. So what do you bridge. do? It's in hang West up, a pool or something? Yeah, there's a, they have a pool. But, you know, you go in for dinner. It's a really nice place to eat dinner. It's a it's just a, it's a lovely location. Uh, it's a, you know, Mar-a-Lago, that means from, from sea to lake in, right. in, in Spanish. So. That's what it is, and uh, it's it's just a beautiful place to, uh, to to hang out. Have you ever seen a figure in your life that has caused more people to lose their mind than Donald J. Trump? Oh no, it's it's, it's unbelievable. We do it. I know you do it. We do it every day. It is unbelievable. And you're, I mean, I'm not a, a fan of his. You're obviously a supporter, a fan of his. But to watch people lose their mind and blame everything on this guy, everything is ironically exactly why he won. Right. Exactly. And they, they don't understand that when people read these crazy tweets by uh, Chelsea Handler or, or <laughs> right, Robert right. B. Amy Wright, Schumer or whoever. Yeah, right. I mean, they, that, just, that just amuses people. Right, Meryl and the, Streep. More, the more crazy they go, the, the more solid his, his base of support is. Is Trump in any, way, in any way similar to any member of the Kennedy family? Other than wealth. He likes women. He likes women. Yes, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I was getting to. But I, I don't, I don't think he's as out of control as no. uh, as any members of the Kennedy family, and including up to the present generation. You know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah, with uh, what was her name? What's the actress? Uh, Cheryl Hines. Is that yeah, Cheryl to? Hines. But right. also the fact that you know he he kept the diary. Yes, uh, yeah, of, yeah. of his conquests, and the New York Post got a hold of the diary and and printed it. I mean, he, he was he's as bad as his grandfather. Do you feel like though? And this is why this book is great because you go back and even a guy like me who pays attention, they've read books on it. You know, you find you open a page and you find things you've never read before. Do you feel like the Kennedy magic, whatever you want to call it, people like my grandmother believed in, my grandfather believed in growing up here. Right. Do you feel like that's gone, though? That's gone to a large extent for people, say, my generation and younger people in their 40s and 30s. It doesn't carry what oh, it meant yeah. to my I, parents. Or yeah, no, to- I think it. I think it's uh, dissipated to a, to a large degree. I mean, I have a chapter in the book about the other Kennedys, about these people whose name was Kennedy. Oh, you guys and are ran just, for office. Yeah, right, they just right. got elected. There was, <laughs> right. a tre- there was a guy who was a state treasurer for six years. <laughs> right. His name was John F. Kennedy. He never spent a dime <laughs> on a campaign. And and. But that's over now. Uh, you, you look at the Senate race in 2010 that Scott Brown won. Right. Uh, you know, they, had, they put in a Joe Kennedy there. Right. And he only got 1% of the vote. Right. So, so maybe, uh, maybe fake Kennedys can't make it anymore. I mean, Joe Kennedy II is uh, doing well. I mean, he's not a bad guy. He, everyone, says Jerry, everyone says he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah. he is a decent guy. Um, what was your relationship like with Ted Kennedy? It, it was, uh, well, obviously he hated me. You know? Right. He, no, I know. He but... tried to. He, he tried to uh, make uh, Rupert Murdoch sell the Boston Herald because I was calling right. him fat boy. 
he attached a rider to something, right? To Is a Senate, to a yeah. Senate budget bill anonymously. He got, yeah. uh, I think, uh, Fritz Hollings to put yep. from South Carolina, the guy who put the Confederate flag at the top of the uh, state house in <laughs> right, Columbia, right, South right. South Carolina. That's that's how you know that's how liberal he was. But uh, yeah, he he put that in. He wanted Rupert to sell it. He he hated me, and uh, I, I I remember talking to him once. I said, you know, uh, uh, Senator, I. Uh, you know, I grew. I, I don't know if you know this, Senator, but I spent some time in Palm Beach uh, when I was a kid. My father was the assistant manager of the Breakers, and he said, "Hey, Ram, uh, you really, uh, you know, I, that's how I learned to drive. Uh, <laughs> driving my grandfather, Honey Fitch, down to the Breakers, and he would sit in the lobby there for hours at a time because, you know, they didn't want Honey Fitch checking into the place. You know, right. the Skakels wrecked right. the rooms at the Breakers. <laughs> but, you know, I thought to myself, I, I don't. I don't know if that's really a good uh, advertisement <laughs> yeah, for Palm Beach driving. You know, that Ted Kennedy learned to drive there. So how do you how do you get to how do you put together a book like this, Howie? I read it and it's got so many sources and so many things that we don't know about and so many you know little stories. How do you do it? How, how does how does where do you start? How does it work? How do you accumulate these sources? What happens? I've just been I've been reading about them obviously for. Right. For my entire life sure. and just, uh, you know, compiling it in my head. And then I just I, I went out and I got every book I could on the Kennedys and, and I read every book. And then I, what I also knew was that uh, the Herald, Boston Herald, where I work, would give me access to their photo files. Sure. And they have some amazing photographs yeah. in there, as you uh, as you can see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so I, I knew that I could put together the photos and and this uh, the, the stories that nobody they're not they're not suppressed but nobody knows about these things like the the lawsuit that the the wiretapper uh of uh marilyn monroe's house oh when she filed when in she the, died yeah she yeah, yeah he, he he had a he had uh, uh recordings of her final final meeting with bobby kennedy and right. peter lawford and bobby is screaming at her and he had all these tapes and uh, they they were actually confiscated by the manhattan district attorney in in 1966 he sent his his state police outside of Manhattan to get the tapes to, to save Bobby. But he had obviously had backup copies and he filed a lawsuit to get back the originals. And it's in the New York times. I mean, this isn't like some, you know, conspiratorial story. He filed a lawsuit to get the tapes back of Bobby Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe on the last day of her life. It does seem that nobody in history, no family in American history has been enabled by the media as much as the Kennedys though. I mean, I don't think that's disputable, is it? No, it's not. I'm going to, in volume two, I'm going to have a whole chapter on the, uh, the media and the Kennedys, but yeah, you're right. There's there's a story and and again this is uh you know it's it's in one of the uh, Nixon the, the tapes uh, the, the books about the Nixon tapes mm-hmm. in the Oval Office he and Henry Kissinger are discussing it uh, dis- discussing Ted Kennedy and uh, apparently Ted Kennedy one time there was one one of the uh, Ford heirs uh, the auto yeah, yeah, company yeah. was married to this really good looking woman a woman I can't remember her name she was in the Carlisle Hotel and Ted was there mm-hmm. and so Ted just came. Screaming up to her room, and he's knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking. She says, "Go away! I'm going to call the cops, and you'll get in the newspaper." And she's knocking. The door, let me in! Let me in! Let me in! And she and she, and and she says, "I'm going to call the cops." He says, "Doesn't matter if you call the cops. There won't be anything in the newspapers. I control the newspapers." And and Henry Kissinger tells this story to Nixon, and Nixon says, "It's true. He's the president <laughs> of the United States, and he he can't believe that Ted Kennedy can get away with this." Look, they killed the whole story. I got it in the book about Marilyn, in in, a, in the chapter about Marilyn Monroe. They had a they had a uh, a twenty seven minute documentary was going to run on Marilyn Monroe's death and JFK and RFK mm-hmm. and their connections. 
They had interviews with Sam Yorty, the former mayor, the former police chief. Police chief, chief right. Yeah. yeah they, they, the, the maid. They, they had it nailed down. And uh, Geraldo Rivera was involved in the story. Right. They killed it. Right. They totally killed it, and they fired Geraldo Rivera. And there was also a book, and it wasn't. It, was, it wasn't like a, right around. There was this Marilyn Monroe's Last Days. This, yeah. this book that got spiked too. Is that right? Yeah. There, there was a guy named uh, Capel uh, wrote a book, the the Last Days of Marilyn Monroe. It's re- it's really interesting. The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe. That's what I have it's a called, picture right. of it in there. Do you get your and hands on that book? I did. The, yeah. Right. You know, it's amazing what you can do with the internet. I just went, <laughs> I bought the, I bought it for ten bucks. Right. I bet you could buy a copy right now. <laughs> Maybe it's gone up to twenty bucks now that people know it exists. It's a good. Read Read though or no? Oh yeah, it's a really good read. So it was out there. It was out there in public. Yeah, for, and, and J. Edgar, though, right? and uh, yeah, and he just spells out. He says uh, she was involved with a man whose name whose name cannot be mentioned because his his brother was the martyr. It was now regarded as right, a but, martyr, right, obviously. And yeah, so yeah. and so J. Edgar Hoover sends uh, sends uh, him the uh, sends Bobby the a, a memo and says this book is coming out, and they they ended up uh, auditing this guy mm-hmm. and uh, and Richard Nixon. Later on, released a list of the people that the Kennedys had audited, right. you know, for or audited and uh, for the IRS, and uh, he was he was on the list, and and uh, Nixon actually mentioned it on sixty Minutes once in the eighties, and but again, nobody nobody knows about it; it's all forgotten. But where, where, what role does the globe play in this whole thing? If you're going to place blame, what role is the globe? It seems to me that every time something happens, the globe, I'm Chappaquiddick, no matter what, William Kennedy Smith, no matter what happens, the globe is giving the Kennedys a right. pass, right? Well, I all mean- through the 70s and 80s, every time Ted Kennedy would be running for re-election, uh, the, uh, the, the readers of Massachusetts would be treated to these stories. Ted Kennedy turning his life around, right? Yeah, right. You know, right. Ted, Ted, Ted Kennedy, the liberal lion, he's losing weight. He's getting remarried. He looks different. I mean, like you said, it's amazing. Chappaquiddick happens, right? I mean, yeah. he kills a woman. Essentially, he, he murdered. They didn't murder her. He killed her. Right, he yeah, killed he did her. Kill he her. Didn't murder yeah. her. But right, she died. Negligent. Yeah, neg- right. So he goes. Or manslaughter. So how long did he wait before he went to the police after that? Eleven hours. Eleven hours. He made right. how many phone calls? Twenty-two. To the was it Steve Smith and the rest of those people? Was he? Well, still he didn't have him? Steve Smith's number, so he called one of his he mistresses. A woman, right? Right. He called Correct. his mistress. Uh, right. uh, I think her name was Helga Wagner down That's in Palm right. Beach. Yes, right, right. So she connects him. Uh, goes in and basically, you know, does the whole thing. And then you're right. You look at the Globe. What was the headline in the Globe the next day? Senator wandered in days for 11 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at that headline. Yeah. I said, I can't, I cannot put this in the book. How can I not put it in the book? And he called the Kopechny family. And he told him, he didn't know her last name when he initially reported yeah. it, right? Right, but he found out her last name. And then he went to court. And... Well, he, well, first he went. Oh, to yeah, the, first he went to the Cape Cod Hospital to get checked out. Right. They told him you're fine. And he said, "Okay, I'm fine, but I need a neck break." Right, right, right. So right. He, he, so when he goes to the funeral and the Skakel family jet, because you know they have a lot of money too, right. they own this uh, carbon company on the Midwest. He, he's wearing the neck brace. Yeah. So that you know to to build up the sympathy. <laughs> Right, and then he, then he, and then he goes on TV and, and you know makes the speech, right. and he has a he he goes on uh, uh, w, uh, WHDH at the t- channel seven mm-hmm. at the time, and uh, and b- why does he go on channel seven because uh, it's it's uh, owned by uh, or channel five excuse me channel five it's owned by the Herald and the Herald is run by a guy named Hal Clancy, who mm-hmm. used to work for Joe Kennedy. Right. So everything's got to be, everything's got to be It seems like, like everything gets back to that eventually. Right, everything another, gets, everything. Whether judge or a, right. Yeah, every, there's yeah. a, the fix is in <laughs> right. everywhere along the line. Right. And the guy who introduces him is Jack Hines, the, uh, you know, the anchor at Channel 5, who's, whose Dad. father is the mayor, right. was the mayor right. of Boston. Right. And so Ted, Ted goes, uh, 
they've got all these uh, cue cards up for him to read, you know, and, and then he looks away and then he finishes his, his statement and he says, and now I'd like to say something from my heart to the people of Massachusetts. And he looks over and there's another guy with cue cards <laughs> and he's speaking from the heart to a, to another set of cue cards. You know who told me that story? Jack Hines. Really? Yeah, I used to work with him at Channel 56. What's amazing is he's elected senator, I could be wrong, six more times after that. Is that right? Right. After Chappaquiddick, after he does this, six more times. We talked about it here in our ill-fated first attempt to tape this podcast like 15 minutes ago. My stance is if this happened today in 2017 to a popular sort of senator who had the backing of the media, that he wouldn't be able to get away with it. The Twitter would bring him down. Social media would bring him down. But you don't think that may be the case. I think it's an interesting question. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure he could get away with it. I mean, like I, think of think of like in an Anthony mean, Weiner world, right, that we live in now. You think Ted Kennedy with the with the social media, you don't think he'd be sending pictures of his junk to women and then a woman may be upset. You might not you might send text messages if he's if he's shit faced. I feel like he wouldn't survive that now. It's good timing for him. <laughs> you I mean, know, dying was a good career <laughs> well, move for Ted well, Kennedy. My, my, a guy with the, with those appetites in this world today, I don't think survives. He, he, I said as Donald he, Trump as president too. Yeah, he 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 might have been wise enough. I mean, was he smart? How many people? Not not smart, but crafty. Somebody said he would have been a good Irish bartender. I, I think yeah. that's a, I think that's a probably pretty good right. description of of what he what he would have done. I, I don't know that he would have gotten caught uh, uh, tweeting like that, like uh, like well, Carlos to, Danger did. No, but would he send a would he text a picture of his dick to some twenty two year old who you know he winds up burning later on? Yeah, that's true. That that's true. Her. I mean, he got caught. He did get caught, and I couldn't get this picture in the book because I couldn't get I couldn't find out who owned it to buy it. But right. the, you know, there's that famous picture from the nineteen eighties of him on the boat on the, in, yeah, the, in, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in uh, the Mediterranean. Like you reference in the book, and he's yeah. on top of uh, this <laughs> this girl from Marymount College where Joan went. That's another th- that's another recurring thing. What's it? Miss Porter's, right? And, yeah, Miss Porter's with right. uh, with Jack Kennedy. I mean, he screwed like three, four women from from this one school. <laughs> I, I mean, it's amazing. And uh, so, so Ted Kennedy got, was on top of this. Uh, was on top of this twenty two year old girl, right. and the paparazzi got all these pictures, and they they put them out over there. And there's the famous story. Uh, Rush Limbaugh likes to tell the story. Howell Heflin, the big fat senator yeah. from uh, Alabama, he <laughs> he he sees it and he says. It's good to see the senior senator from Massachusetts done changed his position on offshore drilling. <laughs> Do you miss the Kennedys, though? I mean, just for, just say foil. You, I, I, you know, I you know, we used to have a recurring uh, bit on my show, which was the Wizard of Oz. Right. And we would get right, right, Kennedy, right, and we would right. just have a contest, and you would have to tell how many times he said "uh." Right. I miss I miss things like that, and. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they are they are easy pickings. I, I remember that I started off the book with the the, the Ted Kennedy press conference in uh, May of 1991. Oh, after William Kennedy Smith. Yeah, after yeah. William Kennedy yeah. Smith, he, he was at MIT and he comes out into right. this courtyard, and I swear it was it was like a, a breezy spring, early May afternoon. He comes out and you can immediately smell the booze. Were you there? In, yeah, yeah, in an open air thing, yeah. and you know you were. Reco- we were all recording it, right? And he, he just he just is stumbling. All those quotes in there in that first chapter, the chap- they're all verbatim. So and why did so told- why, why didn't somebody else write then? Not you, but other people. Why didn't they write? Okay, this guy is obviously shit faced while he's making that speech. Is that just a legal thing, or are they just protecting him? I think they were protecting him. I mean, he 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 sort of hung himself with his own words. I mean, well, you, you know, I also went into there the. Jerry Williams, uh, who was the yeah. longtime talk show host on uh, WRKO, uh, he he was uh, you know when he was trying to get force the sale of the Herald uh, mm-hmm. in 1988 or 89, 
uh, Ted Kennedy one day was listening to him, and he was so angry that he called in and to the show. <laughs> and he was driving down on the Cape. And if, as, right. as, as most people listening to this probably know, there's something about booze. You know, if you're in a moving vehicle or, you know, whatever, it, <laughs> right. it kind of like compounds the effects. Yes. So he's driving and apparently drinking. So right. as, as, the, as the interview goes on with Jerry Williams, he's slurring his words oh, more Jesus. and more, and he's mixing it up. He finally says, yeah, no, I don't have to take this dribble, not dribble, <laughs> dribble. dribble. I don't have to take this dribble from Rudolph Murdoch. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any level of sympathy for the family, though? I mean, look at all the deaths, and and obviously, you know, they've been responsible for some stuff, too, but whether it's JFK or RFK or, or, or kids not being, you know, little kids that have died or plane crashes, do you have any sympathy for the family at all? Do you think that part of that is part of the reason why Ted Kennedy was so fucked up. It's not just, you know, the fact that he was so enabled, but his brothers died. You know, he had nephews who died. Yeah, I he know. Had, he had I... tragedy in his own family, obviously. Now, I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the guy, I'll be honest, but I wonder, you as a guy who's chronicled it and been around, do you ever think of it that way? There's a reason why these kids are so screwed up? I think they've done a lot of damage Oh, no America. question. No, no, no and, question. And no I, question. And I, I, no, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for, for him, honestly. I mean, they... They were screwed up. I, I mean, I guess you could, you know, a lot of this stuff I think you can blame on the old man, Joe oh, no, Kennedy. No question. He, I, I mean, I, I said that in the, in the book, too. Well, how you about know, the mom? He, the, uh, she was extremely distant. And yeah, the, uh, she's not know, a big part of the book, right? She's sort of, yeah, she's sort of a side figure in the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she is. But, they, you know, some people have said, uh, you know, I don't know if they're armchair psychologists or what, but the, the, one, of the, one of Jack's problems was she was so distant. And, right. you know, they, it was, it, when they would come back, from uh, prep school or co- or college, uh, they they never had their own rooms. It was like a dorm. They, the the houses were like dorms. Right. You just they just throw you into a room here and a room there, and so there was never any any uh, like familial uh, closeness or anything like that. But I think I think one of the problems, and I, and I I went into it, is that Joe Kennedy never really brought them into the real world. He just wanted them to be you know statesmen right. or whatever. You know, none of them, none of them learned the family business. And, and he, he told Tip O'Neill, and, and this, this, I got this from Tip's, Tip's bi- autobiography. He said after he was elected in 1952, Joe Kennedy came to him and said, never expect anything from my kids, meaning Jack and Bobby, right. because, you know, they've been, they've been so pampered that they think everybody is just, uh, you know, there to service them. Right. And that's so they, they never I think that's one reason why they got into trouble with guys like uh, Momo Giancana, the Chicago mobster and J. Edgar Hoover, because they, they never understood that these guys were powerful figures I mean, in their better, own right. right. They yeah. didn't know any better. I mean, they, to them, it's just another it's just another valet. Right. But it is amazing. Like the sex part of it, like I was saying to you before, I feel like, you know, each of the Kennedys basically would, would fuck the same woman. And it's also possible the dad fucked her and they moved on or Kennedy would let, you know, Dave Powers fuck her or, or blow them or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. it's fucking it is uh, the, the treatment of women is unbelievable. And like you said, it's not one of these things where you just randomly wrote it. I mean, it is in there in history, but we have chosen as a nation to ignore it because I guess because. Camelot is sort of, you know, nicer to think about than him forcing, is it Mimi Alford? Is that right? Mimi Alford. Alford yeah. on his, Dave his, Powers. His 19-year-old intern. Right. His 19-year-old intern at the White House, and he deflowered her. She was a virgin. Right. And uh, and he thought she was knocked up, and he uh, he said he has, 
and she says, I think I'm, I think I'm pregnant, Mr. President. And he says, okay, Dave Powers will call you. And then Dave Powers gives her the number of an abortionist in New Jersey. So he's immediately put like two steps between himself and an abortion. If right. there, there right. didn't need to be one ultimately. But I mean, that's the, they, they were used to doing that. There was a woman, uh, Diane DeVay, uh, who was uh, also, she, I mean, she was involved with, with several of them. And uh, she, she went to Harvard, she went to Radcliffe at the time. And, uh, and, and, and McGeorge Bundy told, he was a dean at, at Harvard mm-hmm. at the time. He, sa- he said, Jack, you're on the board of overseers here at Harvard. You're, you're a sen- senator, you're running for president. Right. You can't be screwing right. a 19-year-old. Right. Co-ed at Radcliffe, but but the truth is he could. He could. Right. He could. Dave Powers was picking her up. Right. They, you know, Dave Powers was his East Coast pimp. Peter Lawford was his West Coast pimp. His <laughs> right. brother-in-law. So so he gets elected president. McGeorge Bundy comes down. He's the national security advisor or something like that. So uh, Jack says, uh, "Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna send over a uh, I'm gonna send over someone to to work in your office." And he says, "Who is it?" Diane DeVay. <laughs> He's just he's just letting McGeorge Bundy right. know who's the boss. I, you know, I, when you read books like this, I think of movies, too. I think of like a movie like 13 Hours, which I'm sure you watched. Yeah. And they make Kevin Costner, who plays Kenny O'Donnell, yeah. out to be this heroic guy who's trying to save the world. And then you read this book, and you read other stuff about O'Donnell. And, you know, put it this way, in 13 Hours, I don't think he has a drink in the movie. You know, oh. he's out there to save the world and, you know, yeah. the Bay of Pigs and all that. But that's not reality. No, he he was just. I mean, it's a, it's a sad story. I mean, he was a very powerful guy, right. and then overnight it's gone. And he was he was boozing it up on the plane from Dallas back to uh, Washington. Oh, in sixty three, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but you know, he ended up uh, in, uh, in in the late seventy. I think he died in seventy seven. He and his he wife, was, I think, both struggled. He right? was so, he was so he was so loaded. They they would see him like on on Beacon Hill, right around the state house, and he would be talking to himself, just drunk in the middle of the day. Right, and I mean that's the kind of problems he had, and and uh, they, there was a there were stories too that he was uh, dipping into the uh, cash in the campaign fund yeah. for the '64 reelection. They were supposed to have a come to Jesus meeting with him on uh, Monday, uh, November 25th, 1963, to, to discuss if he'd been stealing money or not. And he he'd been spotted that summer on, in the bars, on the Cape, just going. You know, I'm the one who keeps that administration running. Those guys are just out for pussy, and I'm keeping it going. And a Secret Service agent reported back, and the Secret Service agent, they found somehow Kenny O'Donnell found out who the Secret Service agent was who busted him for, for his drunken uh, ravings at this bar. And the guy, w- the guy was shipped out to Anchorage, Alaska or somewhere. He didn't, he didn't know that this had happened, you know, for 25 years until Seymour Hersh uh, told him uh, when he was writing uh, The Dark Side of Camelot. If you had if you had to pick, if you just had to pick one, if I had to say to you who is the biggest scumbag in the whole Kennedy circle, the whole family, and it's history, who would you pick? Joe. Pick, you would the pick Joe. Man. The old you man. You would pick the old man, yeah. 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 The old man. I you know, Kirk, the book was running so long, I I had to cut out the chapter about his anti Semitism. Is that gonna be in volume two? Yeah, but it'll be in volume two. But I wrote seven thousand words just just basically quoting him in his letters. And, and you know the amazing thing about uh, So where do you see these letters? You know, I'm gonna let me tell you the story here. His his granddaughter, Amanda Smith, mm-hmm. uh, William Kennedy Smith's sister, Amanda Smith put together his letters in like 2001. Right. And she, I don't know what she edited out, but she didn't edit out any of this anti-Semitic stuff. He he used to write letters to people, and he would go down this list of New Dealers. Yeah. You know, people who worked for FDR that he thought had screwed him. You know, it prevented his rise to national prominence. And he would go, you know. Uh, uh, 
so-and-so married to a Jew. Right. You know, so-and-so. Mother was a Jew. And then he would underline it and, uh, and capitalize it and italicize it. He, he was just, he was rabid. I know he had Jewish friends like Carol Rosenblum, the uh, former NFL the owner. owner. Oh, Rams, who, right. Yeah, who yeah, died. Right. Uh, they, they drowned. Right. And uh, Arthur Kroc in the, mm-hmm. the New York Times, you know, was kind of like a hireling. He paid him to, uh, you yeah. know, write nice stories about him. He had Jewish associates. But he basically hated Jews. He was essentially rape women, right? Or yeah, sexual. Well, he, he was the, yeah, he was the first one. I mean, uh, Pamela Harriman, the you know the famous yes. fundraiser married to Avril Harriman, the mm-hmm. former governor of New York. Uh, she, she was raped by him. Uh, she was visiting Kick Kennedy, Kick Kathleen Kick Kennedy, who, yep. who died in a plane crash in the forties. She was visiting him after World War II. She at the time she was Winston Churchill's former daughter-in-law. When, think about that. Winston Churchill's daughter-in-law. She's staying at the man, at the uh, at the estate in Palm Beach. Joe Kennedy sneaks into the room and rapes her at night. So how do you know that? She told the story. Right. So she for, told for the her... story. Tr- uh, Truman Capote put it in his last uh, novella. Uh, un- oh, right. uh, answered yes, prayers. Yeah, right, it's right. it's right there. And I and you know I, I know Truman Capote uh, was a was a strange guy and he had his own problems but I don't think that I don't think that was a lie I think that was the truth it seems like that anti-semitism I could be wrong I don't see it attributed much to JFK but certainly to RFK oh yeah right oh, yeah. am I right about that with JFK though I don't see no it. no there's not you know he makes he makes remarks about uh, you know he uses the n-word every once in a while he called uh, former governor uh, Furcolo a dago you know, right, uh, right. He, he, there are occasional things. He he said, you know, we was going to punish somebody by sending them to uh, making them an ambassador to a boogie republic in Africa. That's <laughs> a, that's a quote that right. exists. But but no, he was not. No, he was not nearly. Uh, I, I don't think that. I don't think there was any uh, recorded anti-Semitism from JFK. But RFK. But RFK. Oh yeah, he hated Jews. He hated he hated Roy Cohn. He hated Roy Cohn, who was you know the the aide to uh, Joe McCarthy, who was tied in RFK, Joe obviously. Yeah, they right. they were. I mean, they were both. They, they were like competing for uh, McCarthy's uh, professional advance. Is one of RFK's kids? Is that Kathleen? Is the, McCarthy? The former, was yeah, the... Kathleen. They, that they 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 try to they try to bury that. McCarthy was now. the Godfather. Yeah, McCarthy is the Kathleen is the uh, former lieutenant governor of Maryland, Maryland and yeah. she's the uh, eldest child of RFK. And right. yeah, uh, McCarthy was her uh, her Godfather, and and Bobby actually went to the funeral of uh, of Joe McCarthy, and supposedly he cried. His secretary said it was the only time she ever saw him cry <laughs> in the office was when Joe McCarthy died. But, you know, he hated he hated Cohn because not only was he a Jew, but he was a homosexual. Right. And he hated homosexuals as right. well. But he, uh, he, he, um, uh, Dr. Feelgood, that's the, that's the famous sure. uh, doctor who Big was giving the, the book, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He, he was huge. And, uh, he, he, uh, he was giving these injections to uh, JFK and supposedly gave his first injection to JFK. These, he would, it was like a combination of speed and barbiturate. This is for the, supposedly for the back? Supposedly for the back, right. but I mean, this was just these. He was just giving these to all the celebs right. in and New also, York, and also JFK Jr. thinks was a significant factor in his mom dying, right? Right, because yeah. this, this stuff was this stuff was just full of all kinds of crap right. that uh, they, they were he was putting into these shots, which was given to Jackie as well. But God, with RFK and him, yeah. So, so RFK. So one day, uh, one day, the uh, Doctor Feelgood and mm-hmm. uh, and who was Jewish, he was right. a German refugee from the Nazis, and his and his friend who was also Jewish, they're down in the White House. Because at, at JFK's behest, it's right. not like they've jumped the fence, right? right, 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 right. Hey, JFK wants them to come. Down. JFK asked to ask the guy, Doctor Feelgood, at one point to move into the White House mm. so he could get the shots right, right immediately. So RFK sees him 
in the uh, in in the halls and says, "What are you fucking kikes?" Can I tell you that. Sure, you can. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm quoting RFK. Oh, I understand. Says, what I understand. are you doing in the White House? Get back to New York where you Jews belong. And so Dr. Feelgood was obviously uh, deeply uh, offended by what uh, by by what RFK said. So he cut off his brother. So I don't guess I have to tell you what that means. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in in this book a lot, you know, you reference a lot of things, but it does seem to me that you are careful that like, for example, if somebody is selling their story or if it's in the inquire, you want that known. Like I'm not sure that you necessarily believe every story in this book, every single one. Is that accurate or no? You know what I'm no, saying? I, yeah, I, I'm not sure about some it of It seems the like you're, some things you're, you want to preface, like, you know, just just so you know, this one was this was sold to the Inquirer. Somebody did, right? For some down-in-their-luck. Uh... Oh, that was the, oh, that was you know the. You know what I'm talking sto- about? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, oh, that was the story about Mary Pinchot uh, Meyer, another one of his girlfriends. Right. Who, who turned him on, who turned JFK on to pot. My point is, I, I can't imagine, like, the stuff, you must have stuff that you say, you know what, I can't print this. I'm not yeah. believing it. And some well, of these some things of this, must be insane. Some of stuff, yeah, there's some of the stuff that is crazy. I mean, I, but I wanted to make sure, you know, I, I, I tried to, I didn't use footnotes, but I tried to preface everything. Like, when uh, right. when when they talked about, uh, uh, in the book, The Senator, which was written by a guy named Richard Burke, mm-hmm. who worked for Ted Kennedy, and he said that the other aides to Ted Kennedy used to spend weekends sometimes editing the JFK tapes from the Oval Office and they would erase stuff from Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe would be calling in. They'd be going, oh man, you wouldn't believe what JFK and Marilyn Monroe used to talk about. But, you know, or, or again, here, well, here's a, here's an interesting story. Sure. Uh, uh, the, the, the uh, son of the owner of the National Enquirer says that uh, Maxine Cheshire, who was the gossip columnist for the Washington Post, sold the National Enquirer a story that was totally nailed down, saying that Mary Jo Kopechny was pregnant at the right. time of I her see, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Pope uh, wrote in his book, the, uh, I don't know, what, I forget the title of it. Though the mom denied it, right? No, Kopechny's mom denied that she was oh, pregnant. Oh, Kopechny's mom said, right. oh, her period had just, just a couple started. days before. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, but they, right. they rushed, the, right. they rushed the, the body off the island uh, before they could be an autopsy. And then, uh, you know, they, then when they wanted to exhume the body later in the year to do an autopsy, they, they refused. The, the judge, who had a bust of JFK in his office, refused, <laughs> to, uh, refused to allow it. But, uh, you know, Pope says uh, flat out that they had the, they had the documentation that uh, that she was pregnant. How many people would you deal with, like, in, in just doing your show every day and, and writing this book, and in your life, just being around here, being a guy who was, you know, trying to tell the truth about this family? How many people would you deal with that were like, say, my grandmother, who just did not want to believe these things? They thought that the Kennedys were golden. Oh, it, my, my, my family was the same way. Yeah, my, were we my, growing up? Yeah. Did you think that? You know— when I was a kid, when I was like eight years old, when JFK was elected, it was you know we you know there's never been a Catholic president. Right. You were in Maine, never right? Been, yeah, there's yeah. never Portland. Right. There's never been an Irish president. You know, it's like it was like being in Boston. That's like yeah, yeah, suburban sure. Boston. Sure. And and you know I thought about that and yeah yeah that's great we're gonna you know we'll have a president and all that and by the but by the time I was about ten my father had worked in Palm Beach since the 1920s mm-hmm. you know and he knew Joe. Yeah, I mean, he knew him. And he told me a story once about Joe Kennedy. That there was this beautiful woman who worked at the Breakers in one of the shops. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, so one day she came to my father. This was in the middle of the season. Because back then, the Breakers was only open three, four months. That was right. before air conditioning. Right. And this was like, and he was one of the few guys who had a car. Because he was at the, he was like the assistant manager. And she said, Del, 
that was my father's name. Can you drive me over to uh, to the train station tomorrow? I'm leaving town. Mm-hmm. And he said, you, he said, what are you leaving town for? You know, in those days, you know, if you quit in the middle of the season, you'd be blackballed you're done, for right? many. You're done in yeah, the, yeah. the resort hotel business. So you can't be quitting. You're out of the, You're out of it. Uh, why are you leaving? And she says, I can't take it anymore. Joe Kennedy, the old man, is stalking me. I can't take it. She was like this beautiful twenty-something right. woman. Right. And how, I mean, how? And he told me this story. I couldn't believe it. You know, because I'd read all this crap sure. too. I, th- right. I believed in right. Camelot. So when? So how? How old were you then when RFK died? So you when were RFK died, teenager. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was sixteen. That was the day. That was the day Deerfield uh, Academy graduation. Not not my. I was a junior. And you know, cast a real pall on the graduation ceremony. Were you young, were you old enough or young enough at that point? Were you still naive to it, or you, did you understand? Did you I didn't have... know about Marilyn Monroe, right? Oh, like sure, that. right. But I, I mean, I knew that uh, I, I knew that you know that they were a pretty uh, ruthless family. Yeah. I, but you know, Bobby Bobby seems somewhat different than uh, than than the others. How do you mean? I I think. You know, I do think he changed a little bit. You know, I, I don't think he, I, I think his anti-Semitism over the years diminished. Yeah. Like one of his top aides when he died was a guy named Adam Walensky. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was Jewish, obviously. Right. So I, I think that, I, I think Bobby was changing a little bit. And, he, and again, he was becoming, a, he was very liberal. But I, I just. Uh, do you think he would have won that year when you look back no, on it now? No, he was not going to win. I think he was going down. I mean, right. you know, Hubert Humphrey was not taking, the vice president was not taking part in the primaries, but he was just rounding up all the. The, uh, the 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 de- the delegates who were picked in the smoke filled rooms at yeah. the time he w- it was going to be Hubert Humphrey he was going to lose but you know now now you never know I mean what you know everybody likes to you know fantasize that he would have been elected president you know it's crazy if he hadn't got sick and he was still alive and hel- and relatively healthy now Ted Kennedy would be senator He'd absolutely still be senator. absolutely I mean, how old would he be now. He would be like uh, 60, 60, he'd be like 85, 84, 85. He'd probably still be in office. Yeah. And he'd win. He'd pro- even in this state still today, he would win, right? Absolutely. Isn't, isn't that Absolutely. insane? Isn't that wild? It, it is. It, <laughs> I mean, it, it is crazy. I mean, look at, look at the Caroline Kennedy. I mean, she, you know, they're trying to line her up to, uh, to run for the Senate. They're trying to move uh, Gillibrand out. And make She's her already run failed for president. at it, though. I mean, clearly. Yeah. She has, and she and and she was a lousy ambassador. She apparently that uh, the the embassy in uh, Tokyo was a total disaster under her management. Is she a, is she? Would you consider her like you know? Obviously, we think of these other kids in this family, other stuff. Do you consider her a bad person though? I feel like you feel different about JFK Jr. and Caroline than you do say towards Robert Kennedy's kids. I mean, they just haven't done as much stuff. Yeah, I I think Caroline is a very entitled type person. Yeah. I think she's kind of like Chelsea Clinton, right? Yeah, you know, just that she she feels that she's she's owed this. That's another thing about the Kennedys that they, you know it's like if they have an office, they think they can come back. You know, is right. nobody right. once they right. once they put the, once they get the deed to the office, right. they just rent it. Everybody seat, else, right. everybody right. else can be evicted whenever they want. You know, it's JFK's house seat, which becomes Joe Kennedy the second's right. house seat. And uh, the the Senate seat, Ted Kennedy's uh, uh, se- Senate seat. I mean, I, I think they think that uh, eventually it's going to go to to Joe uh, right. Joe Junior. Right. You have uh, you have Bobby Kennedy's uh, Senate seat in New York. I think they think that's going to go to Caroline, Caroline Kennedy. And even the treasurer's job, you know, which was held by the fake Kennedy, the fake, John right, Francis right. Kennedy, they tried to give that to Joe Kennedy back in 76, take it away from uh, 78, take it away from uh, Bob Crane. Crane. What a disastrous run Joe Kennedy had for governor, though. Oh, right. That's a great chapter in the book. I mean, what a friggin' disaster. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that, what was what else was going to happen? You know, when he had, you know, when he got, I mean, he got hit by a double whammy. I mean, his uh, his brother right. threw in the babysitter, the fourteen right. year old babysitter, and uh, and and his wife is writing this tell all book about how he annulment. Her. And then, right. Yeah, and the, the the annulment that she didn't even know about. But he was also a horrendous candidate too. I mean, on his own, he couldn't. It sounds like he's another guy. He just, was the original Wizard of Oz on, right, on right. my show. Right. You know, we used right. to we used to run cuts of him. Yeah. Oh, he he was a terrible candidate. What is your thoughts right now of the current state of newspapers? Now, obviously, you're old school. You know, we read you in the Herald all the time. Do you think that newspapers will survive another 10, 15, 20? I think Trump's good for newspapers short term. But, yeah. you know, how do you feel right now about the business of newspapers? How do you feel about the Herald right now? I mean, I think the Herald is, I think it's in the black just because of the online presence. Yeah. I, I think that's what's uh, keeping it going. I think. I think we're okay short term. I, I don't know about the long term. I don't know about anything long term. I don't either. I don't know about radio long term or either. books or anything. You know, I mean, the the the, the technology is changing so rapidly that uh, I don't think you can make any predictions. Have you tried to keep up with it? I mean, in, in terms of your show and doing Absolutely. stuff and social media and all. I mean, are you, are, are, do you feel yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I you... have a studio. People can check it out, uh, the Howie Cam on howiecar.com. I mean, we, we have a, we're on, we're, we're a television Yeah, you're studio. on TV every, what channel are you yeah, on every I'm night? Newsmax. Newsmax, Newsmax I see TV. It, yeah, it's on yeah. every night, right? Yeah, every night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm on for an hour. The, the, the second hour of my show is on Newsmax TV. TV. We're on iTunes. We're on, you know, the iHeart uh, app because I'm on some uh, iHeart stations. I, I mean, you have to do that or, or you're not going to survive. When did you realize that? I mean, did you, were you, were you, were you very were early you on? I mean, I realized that when, uh, you know, whenever, when my ratings would take a hit every November, when uh, we would lose daylight savings time and I'm on an AM radio station. Right. That, that was the, that's the problem. That right. was the problem. I mean, you know, but the thing is now it's not even that big of a problem because so many people listen online or right. through their apps. And, uh, you know, the people that used to, uh, you know, write and call in and say, I can't pick you up anymore. And cause they, cause you, you know, the signal goes down in power in Boston they don't. They don't call anymore because they have other, so many other ways to pick up. So the you signal. feel like people in their fifties and sixties are keeping up with that too? Because I feel like they struggle with that somewhat. They struggle with it somewhat, but I think they got kids that help them out. That's I true. Mean, no, you're right. I mean, for example, uh, you know, I, uh, I I put the book. I, I was down in Florida last week, so I know the owner of the uh, of the Palm Beach bookstore. He used yeah. to work with his. I, I used I used to work with her husband in mm-hmm. City Hall, and uh, and I put in some books. And uh, and I mentioned it twice on my show that I had books in the in a, in a bookstore in Palm Beach. It sold out. Right. Yeah. No, they, they're I... not. They don't. I don't have a local affiliate. They're listening <laughs> online. No, we get that too now all the time, and we get calls from all over the country, tweets now from over the country. It, you're right. It is different, and they haven't really figured that out yet from a ratings perspective. I guess. I mean, I guess to some extent, right? I don't know how you. I don't know how you could monetize it from a rating standpoint. It's a I good question. Just, I think it's just got to be direct advertising. That's what you've got to take advantage of. You know, if you sell a, uh, you know, a mattress or, right. or, 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 or simply safe, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, where, how they heard it, as long as they buy it and they say they heard it on the Howie Car show. Do you still like doing radio? Yeah. I you love do? radio. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't like it every day. I mean, sometimes I get sick of it. <laughs> you know, well, you get sick it. of everything, but I'm talking about overall. It's it's great. I mean, you can turn it around so fast. And again, you have the technology. I mean, if something if something big happens, uh, you guys can just switch over and, uh, and and pick up Fox News Channel and pick up a live direct feed of you know Donald Trump talking. Right. Or you can oh, see sure. or the tweet comes out and you don't have the tweet. But you see the tweet flashes up on the screen and you can start talking about it. That's the great thing about radio as opposed to TV. You know, in, in TV, or at least when I was in TV, you know, you had to send out crews 
you know, you have to, and you, what you still do to get a package, uh, you know, tape, you know, and, and then you have to come back and edit it. And, you know, maybe the tape, uh, there's a crease in the tape and you have all this problem or the mic's not working. You'd have none of that problem in radio. It's, well, I find it's the lower immediate, technology. Right. The immediacy of it now is like a story will break for us, say whatever it is, Belichick does whatever. Not only do you get the story right away, somebody immediately will write something so stupid you can shit on that right away too. So you get the, you get the argument of that as well. It all happens so fast now. Right. It can happen in 15 minutes. Right. And all of a sudden you get a show. Yeah, Chelsea Handler, you know, she put out that right, the she put out that tweet at like six thirty and we're talking about it at six forty five before we go off the air. Yeah, that would have never obviously wouldn't have happened five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. What do you think of the globe today? It's not much there. I mean, yeah. it's just I, I mean, you know, I, I remember when they when they started laying people off, mm-hmm. it was like a big deal. You know, and people say, who's being laid off? Is it anybody I know? Who? Right. Oh, wow. They right. laid off. Oh, I've been reading him for years. Now they keep, now there's a layoff every six months. It's, you know, it's like uh, they just cut the price of uh, Tide down at Stop and Shop. Right. Nobody, nobody knows, nobody knows who anybody is. You know, it's, it's just, and I think a lot of it is political correctness. You know, it's, oh, no I, question. I mean, no it's question. hard, it, it's hard to be a, a, a columnist or, you know, a memorable writer in the old, traditional sense like a jimmy breslin who mm-hmm. just died was mm-hmm. in new york because you're those those people are just totally bound by the uh by the dictates of political correctness i feel like social media is such a big role in that too i think people are terrified to read tweets that are negative about them or read comments on facebook or get emails they're, they're scared or look at comments in their stories yeah. and it directs them to go the safe zone i mean it's the easiest thing in the world to do right now is to say that you hate Trump. What you're doing is tough. You are supporting Trump. In this climate, it's hard to do. Be a freaking hate crime soon enough, probably. Probably go to jail. <laughs> Next volume will be written in jail. I, I know. Believe me, I was uh, I, I was uh, very concerned, I must say, uh, before the election, about the election of Hillary Clinton, you know, because she, yeah. she did not have a deep commitment to the First Amendment. And I'm, that's, right. that's an understatement. Do you think Not that, to mention the Second Amendment. I mean, it, she, <laughs> she uh, I, I didn't know what was going to happen to talk radio. That's a good, no, I, I think that's a legitimate question to ask. How often do you write now still at the Herald? How many days a week? Three or four. Three, three or four usually, days a week. Usually four, but they, 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 I, I'm, I'm down for three, but they usually ask me to write a fourth day. So. And you still enjoy doing that? Absolutely. There, you know, there, there's nothing better even today than having a column in a newspaper. Because it still feels as relevant as before? Maybe not as relevant, but I think. Because it doesn't hit the same concentrated audience that it used to hit, yeah. you know, in Boston. Just like, uh, just like your show doesn't hit the concentrated audience. But I would say that my, probably more people read my column today now than ever before, just because it's everywhere, it's all over the country, and over just, the world. and you know, you have the opportunity to go all over the world. So do yeah. I on the radio, right? And but everything is so diffused now, you know. It used to be, it used to be when I started out in radio. Uh, you know, I could, I sometimes I'd get a call from Jerry's producer at like two fifteen, and I'd say, can you come over? And I'd, right. I'd, I've done no research, but all I had to do was say, Hey, did you see this story in the front page of the Herald? Right. Did you see this story on the front page of the globe? And everybody would have seen it. Right. I didn't even have to read it. Right. And, and everybody, and the phone lines would be jammed, but there isn't, there's nothing like that today. You got to no. spell it out to everybody. Cause you don't know what everybody's, how everybody's getting their information. No, it's true. Do you, I mean, you're the kind of guy, you're so prolific too. I mean, you, you, but I mean, I do think for you, there's a level of insanity though. I mean, you're the kind of guy who, you know, flips his car over on the highway in the Mass Pike and writes a column that day. I mean, yeah. that's, there's, there's some level of, you know, insanity there. It's just a habit. Well, I understand, but you flipped a car over that day on the Mass Pike. 
Yeah. And filed a call him like from the hospital. No, I got out of. I got out. They did you ever? Did you ever think that at that point? You know what? Maybe I'll take the day off. You know, I did. I did. You know, I was in a serious car accident. I like to. I again, it helps. It helps my ratings. It helps every. Oh, I get it that. Helps everything to for me to be in the paper every day. So I. I that's why. That's why I do it. Are you getting a younger audience at all now? Do you feel like the audience is getting younger because you're a little more on social media? You're a little more active. Do you feel like because I mean, at some point, you know, you're. And this is something that we've struggled with with our show too, as well as we've done. Is you know, these guys eventually stop working. And you got to kind of get that next generation in. Do you, do you think about that all or no? I mean, I, I try. I do the I do the best I can. I mean, I I think I got a. I think I have a fairly uh, significant uh, younger audience. I certainly hear from them. They call they call up the you show. What you have is a big female audience too. Yeah, I do. You do much bigger than ours. I know that. Women yeah. hate us. They love you. Like my mom loves you. My mom was so excited that she that I was interviewing you today. First podcast. Thank you, guest. Mrs. Minahan. Yes, first I love podcast you too. ever. She was not as keep listening to the show. She doesn't listen to me. She listens to you. <laughs> So she's not as excited about Mr. Skin. She was more excited about Howie Carr, which I can understand. But but there is that sort of that you know forties and fifties year old moms that like you. Yeah, I, I, hope, cause, cause, I hope so. Well, what else is there in Boston in the afternoon? What else yeah. is there if somebody wants to talk politics, talk Trump, talk issues of the day? Yeah, well, we have you know we have uh, Grace Curley on. You know she's yeah, an associate yeah, yeah. producer. She's in her twenties and she she's doing great work on social media, writing these columns, right. and putting you know putting in. Uh, uh, in, in embedding videos and that kind of thing. And I, I think it's nice having her on the show. You know, you talk about all the hate mail. I, I've made it a feature of my show now on right. Mondays, Hate Mail Monday. Right, you can't just go to, wrong. Just to deal with it, you know, because otherwise people are going, wow, Howie, did you see what somebody said about you? And, you know, I don't want to respond to everyone, so just do it in, do it in one five-minute stretch. Um, I mean, let's face it, you've been obviously had death threats clearly from some pretty serious people in your life. So I'm thinking an email uh, is not going to bother you that much from some guy from fucking Weymouth who doesn't like your show. I, I could be wrong. Maybe <laughs> yeah, who's writing, but... especially when they're writing under a fake name. Right. You There's know? a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot of that. Uh, so the book is Kennedy. Uh, let me get this right. Kennedy Babylon, a century of scandal and depravity is how we call volume one. Volume one. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> so what is the. Uh, when are we hitting all the uh, market baskets and doing the whole tour? When's the uh, tour the, start? The, we, the market basket tour starts on uh, April first. We'll be in the uh, in market baskets all over New England. Uh, you know, I'll be signing books and uh, and those it goes to the Waltham yep. market basket. Uh, that's where I hang out. And but they'll be, we'll be all over the place. We'll also be doing uh, Kennedy Babylon shows with a lot of all the pictures. And I do a uh, presentation kind of like this with pictures. Right. And uh, they, we have the whole schedule of the Market Basket uh, signings and the Kennedy Babylon shows at my website, HowieCarshow.com, HowieCarshow.com. You can also order the book off of HowieCarshow.com and uh, just click on Kennedy Babylon. You can also order it at, at, at Amazon, but uh, that way you'll be giving money to Jeff Bezos. He's got, he's got $72 billion. Right. I just read that in Forbes the other day. I could use the money more than Jeff. I mean, it's so, so nice that you, you personalize this to me. It says, to Kirk, much of this will be familiar to you. I don't. What are you suggesting? <laughs> that the, the Minahan family fortune was, was in the same way? No, I'm just saying you're from around here. Yes, you no, have an Irish surname. Right. Uh, you no, know, that's, a, that's an old line from uh, Billy Bulger's Breakfast. Right. You know, so he, that, he used to say that What do you think of Black Mass, the movie? Okay, I mean they they did what they could in two hours. Right, these I, movies they never get it. I mean, even like you know Patriots Day, they never get it right. They never get it right. No, you know I I sold my first book, uh, Brothers Bulger. To, I optioned it to this guy uh, in Hollywood. He was like a, a, a sort of minor producer, and he wanted to make it into what they call a long form TV series. You know, like Sopranos or yeah, yeah, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Sure. Five seasons, and they make you. What they do is when you sell, when you sell it, when you try to sell it to the networks, 
they make you do out a uh, an arc for what's right, going to happen right, in the five seasons because right. they're afraid you're going to run out of gas. Yeah, season, season two, two or shit three. out, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so one one night we just sat at, uh, at Fenway Park at a game, and and I was just spelling out stories, true stories from right. from Brothers Bulger and Hitman, and we just laid out five years. We could we could have done five years easy, and it, unfortunately you couldn't sell it. But that that would have been a better way to go. Yeah, I think so than, too. Uh, the, than two hours because it, at two hours you're so constrained that they had too much material to work for. So to 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 make the transitions, they had to make stuff up. Right. It's and so that's right. crazy. They they were they had too much nonfiction, so they had to go fi- go the fiction route. John Travolta, asshole, nice guy. He was an okay guy to me. Yeah. I you know I one day. How many was that a day? No, I spent uh, I spent three days. Three days, three days with him. I had would, my own trailer. Really? Was that out there? Or out what? there? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 went the he was having trouble with the uh, shoot on the second day. And, you know, I'm, I, they got a driver for me. They're giving right. me like $50 a day cash for my food. And then I go, and then I go eat at the, at the commissary that they've set up, which is fantastic food. Right. It's like the stock. Just pocket the money. Yeah. So I'm yes. just pocketing <laughs> the money. And then I'm, I'm at this, uh, this, uh, this hotel on the, on, on the sunset Boulevard. And, uh, it's got a big pool up front and I just look, I just go out at a, you know, hot tub and I, I'm smoking a cigar and I, I'm, I'm watching the thing at the, you know, watching the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. And they said. Now we've got some bad news for you. I said, what is that? The director's aliens. He said, you're going to have to spend an extra day. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Tragic. Damn. Now, that was a good movie. That was a good adaptation, I thought, a yeah. civil action. They did a pretty good job with that, I thought. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. That, that, that did turn out to be a good movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Howie Carr, we'll let you go. You're not going to stick around here much longer. We've, we made you stick around long enough. The last question I'll ask you is, how's it going to end up with Trump? What's going to happen? I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. I... I I tend to think he's he's going to work it out. Uh, you know, he's having he's having some problems here. Obviously, this health care bill is uh, is a real is a real mess. Do you believe that Barack Obama tapped his phones? I believe somebody was tapping his phones. But do you think it made sense for the president to go on Twitter and say that the former president was no. tapping his phones? No. Why does it, he do that? You know him a little bit. Why does he do shit like that? Because I think he he thinks that there there was something going to on. It. Right. That, and that, uh, you know, there's no way he's going to get it out. I, I don't know. You know, the, in the old days, you know, you would have to, like, leak a story to the yeah, press. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you have to wait for, like, two or three days. And you have to worry, right. is he going to put the right spin on it that I gave him? Is it the story going to get buried in the newspaper? You know, is they going to write the proper headline? Are the networks then going to pick up the story that I leaked right. out? You have all this, pr- you know, it, it, it's like, it's almost like throwing a note, putting a note in a bottle and throwing it out and hoping it gets sustained. Happens, yeah. You know? Whereas with Twitter, you get an immediate response That's like true. that, and I think I I think it's addicting. And I think he's gotten, and I think he he wants to cut out the middlemen, and that's that's what it's all about, and that's why that's why he's not going to stop. And you know uh, they they were interviewing I saw on Fox they were interviewing some people in Louisville, uh, you know where he had the the rally, the rally the other yeah. night, and they were asking him, uh, you know, what do you think about this uh, tweeting going on? And they said he shouldn't stop. He should right. tweet, keep tweeting. And I and I know you know the newspapers always find somebody. I voted for Trump, but I think he. Yeah, this is very irresponsible. But I don't. Th- I don't think that's the majority opinion. That's why I got elected, right? I mean, yeah. again, that's the reason why exactly. I got elected. Yeah. All right, it's called the. Uh, I'm gonna get this right again. Kenny Babylon, Howie Carr, A Century of Scandal, the previous only volume once. When will volume two come out? This year, next year? Uh, this late this year or early next year? Excellent. Uh, yeah, and come back uh, on. Uh, absolutely, yeah, I'll we'll come back again. on. And again, order you can order it at Go Amazon, ahead. or you can order it, I, which I would prefer, at howiecarshow.com. 
Wellesleybooks.com, or you can order it from Wellesley Books. It's in, it's in, it's in Wellesley Books. It's at the bookends in Winchester. It's in the gift shop at Mass General. It's a hospital. It's in the gift shop at the Leahy Clinic. And as of Monday, it will be back in the Palm Beach Bookstore. Excellent. Howie Carr, thanks a lot. Thanks. See you. I appreciate it, Kirk. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Enough About Me podcast. Actually, you know what? I'm really not thankful at all. You should be thanking me. You get this shit every week, these great podcasts, totally free. Do me a favor. Would you go to iTunes, download it, go to Stitcher, do the same, and leave a rating, leave a review. That's where you can help me out. This podcast is going to be number one again. I guarantee it. And you're going to help me along with the process. So for that, I guess at the end, maybe I will thank you. There's a lot of thank yous going back and forth. Here's the point. Fuck you. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.